Hello ladies and gentlemen, I'm Judith Fallon-Reed and welcome to Shelf Life TV, where I have great conversations with Caribbean authors about their lives and books. If you have yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You'll always know when new episodes are available. The video of this episode is available also on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my website at jfallonreed.com. Also, check out my other podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now it's time to share what's on my shelf. Welcome to Shelf Life. Yes, and today I'm live and in living color and in person with my guests. We're COVID-free, we're yeah. vaccinated, all protocols have been observed. But it's so good to be able to go back to talking to people face-to-face -face yes. and feeling safe. in person. And my guest today is the gentleman who wrote this book, When a Man Loves. Not When a Man Loves a Woman, When a Man Loves. Yes. And he's Pete Kennedy. I'll tell you all about him, but you know what? He will tell you himself. Pete, welcome to Shelf Life. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Man, this little book here. I'm saying you mustn't judge things by the size, mm -hmm. right? It's not a big book. And, um, you know, when I took up the book at first, it says, a lifestyle and leadership most men will never experience. I kind of expected it to be a book about leadership, which it is. Mm -hmm. But this little book is about you. Yeah. And it packs yeah. a heck of a punch. But yeah. before we talk about the book, tell me about Pete. You're growing up because I think my audience will be fascinated by the life you have lived. Yeah, definitely. Just a little boy out of a little town in Kingston called Alman Town, um, born and raised there, um, inner city, just like everyone else, you know, having some of the struggles that we struggle in Jamaica. But one of the things I always say is, as an inner city boy, mm -hmm. some of the things I went through was because my friends didn't have it. So I really don't want to take the blessing away from my parents. Okay. I never had a need for food, never had a need for, for, for clothing, had shoes, mm -hmm. right? But all the additional things, right? right that we, we never owned a car. You know, my dad worked at JPS, so he had the company vehicle that mm -hmm. he drove. Um, but the necessities my parents provided, and I didn't wear shoes because my friends never had shoes. <laughs> um, but loved it. Um, born and raised there, went to micro-practicing all age school right up there by Michael and Back up before you get to micro-practicing, because yeah. people need to understand yeah, yeah. that when you say you're born in the inner city. I'm talking about coming from the one bathroom for the community, yeah. tenement yard. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, I, and I think it's important because a lot of people leave out them details, you know, when them talk about them born in the inner city. In your book, you went deep into very the details. Deep, very deep, very deep. And that's one of the things that people really admire about the book is in this book, I'm not talking about the beautiful trees of Jamaica. <laughs> right after I talk about the inner city, I say, you hear the blowing of the horns and the bus conductor. I say, yo, wait. You know, that, I'm giving you inner city mm -hmm. life. And the gunshot, the Malika night time. You understand what I'm saying? So I never saw beaches and I never saw carrying goats. And my inner city life was truly noise. Somebody a cuss, gunshot, or uh, you're playing outside and creating your story. Um, but one of the things I really wanted to highlight in the book is within all of that, we were missing strong leadership. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the, the change comes. Um, right out of that inner city, you know, yard, you know, we moved to Almanton, you know, in that little area, which is very close. I call mm -hmm. it the very same. Right. Um, and I mentioned as well, two years later, Hurricane Gilbert. Never forget that experience. <laughs> I don't think any of us right? will ever forget Hurricane Gilbert. Hurricane Gilbert came right after that. Um, I got the opportunity to go to high school. 
And it's so funny, it's within the last two years, people know that I really passed for Jamaica College and it wasn't for Casey. Because you're a fortist man through and through. I'm a fortist man through and through. And that's because that's where the ending love came. But the true high school experience started at Jamaica College. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I played Pepsi for JC. And, you know, I spent so much time at Hope Gardens that my mom was like, okay, it's not going to work. You have guidance down North Street, so you're not going back. It was no question. Because your brother had my gone brother. to North Street. Yes, my and brother. And you specifically didn't want to follow his didn't. footsteps. Didn't. Didn't. And for one reason. I just didn't want somebody hovering me saying, hey, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't. I just wanted my own free will, my own freestyle. Nobody could come well, back and share as anything. the youngest of four girls, I totally understand. <laughs> but I did go to the same school. But I think there was enough distance between mm -hmm. us that they weren't there to hover over me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And But you know what's funny? I didn't even understand that. Going to KC in the very beginning stages, I wouldn't be on the same campus. Because he was at North right. Street and the very first, like first, second and third form of Casey is at Melbourne, mm -hmm. which is Ellingston Road. So we weren't even in the same. I never knew. I would just say Casey and that's it. <laughs> no. And it's so funny that every other friend, like I mentioned in the book, went to Casey. It was one neighbor who lived directly beside me who went to Woolmers, right? Um, and I just went uptown and my mom said, nah. And this is why my, my mom somewhat saw what I had, mm -hmm. even up until her death, but because she wasn't able to articulate it in a way, right. whenever I shared it, she said, yes, but she wasn't able to say, hey, you know, you did that well or something. It's when she did, she said, oh my gosh, you know what I'm saying? Um, which was good because was that good. was like, mommy's on my side, yeah. And, and from what you're saying in the book, you had both your mother and father, yes. which was not necessarily the case yes. for most people in the inner yes. city. But your mom was still the one who led because your Always. father was, you didn't, you didn't see him. In fact, you referred to him mm -hmm. as not the mama. Not the mama. You remember <laughs> that cartoon, the dinosaurs? That's what we called him. Not the mama because we, as boys, he just, we just know he passed us to go upstairs to, you know, when he came from work mm -hmm. or drove the vehicle. And when he was leaving, he would pass us again. There was no interaction. There was no, no, you know, my dad hardly spoke. I told people in the book that, you know, the first time I, he went to a reception, a wedding reception, mm -hmm. and he took me with him, I didn't believe that was my dad. <laughs> the man talked all night. <laughs> and if you think about it, think about us Jamaican men. You put us on a street corner, you can't shut us up. Mm -hmm. Bring us home and you find out the difference. And this is where this, we struggle as men. Right. Because we're living two lives. I want to be vocal, but then in my household, how do I do it and still keep control? Do you think some of that has to do with uh, the stereotype that we've yes. been given where the woman's strong and I, I always take serious, and this is really segueing now, mm -hmm, by the way, mm -hmm. but I'm coming back. Mm -hmm. I always take serious objection when people say, oh, but the wife. And, but you know, it's so the wife wanted. I'm like, no, there are two of us. Yeah. Yeah, there are two yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the decisions aren't yeah. just made by me. There it's, are two of us. Because that whole stereotype is not my situation. But not only that, it's an it's a easy way of us escaping to mm -hmm. have the conversation. Yes. Just say the wife. Just say it, it, yeah. it's fine. Go it's ask totally your mother. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's always totally it's okay. always on your mother. Yeah, yeah. Now you said um that and this is a statement that I found controversial mm -hmm. and some people going to find controversial yeah. Yeah. I believe Jamaica's music society mm -hmm. culture and men do not set up youth for success it was good old dancehall music explain that the reason I say that is this 
is when we talk about music, and I've listened to many artists in Jamaica and outside of Jamaica, music is an art. Mm -hmm. And as music and an art, people also write music just as we are authors. From our experience, things we go through, we share these things in regards to this is my journey. Doesn't necessarily mean that you and I need to take up this song and make it our lifestyle. And I say that because in our inner cities in Jamaica, we do not have leaders like myself and you who can look at a youth and say, hey, that's a great song, let's dance. Yeah. You mean like but the one you referenced, North Girl, Long Girl in a Bongo? Very same one, <laughs> right? No, 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 Judith, right? If you think about it, you know Almanton. How far is Jungle from Almanton? Right How far is corner. Rima from right Almanton? The corner. How far is South from Almanton? Every single area. Cause at that time, Beanie Man was with Shocking Vibes. Shocking mm -hmm. Vibes was in Anaton. Right. So he was singing of that community. Right. I'm a backyard. I played soccer in Rima. I played soccer in Jungle because I played for Central, Central Kingston um, Corner League side. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to play the surrounding right, the communities. Mm -hmm. So, when Beanie Man sing that song, it's like I knew it every single line. And you took it to heart. And I, it became my lifestyle. What made it worse was, this is where understanding who you are. What made it worse, Mr. was the type of individual I am, I attract people easily. So now, if I'm a young man who's walking the street and I just finished a soccer game and two, three girls walk up and say, hey, I'm nice. And they one, one just bend down and start taking off your socks. And that you is just, in a bongo. <laughs> and you just left the street corner where your friends them are talking about having multiple girls. You just seen the guy you emulate or that you think is a role model passing a Clark's and him just leave one baby mother yard and go up next yard. And you are having this do to you with no effort. To you, that's life. I am succeeding. <laughs> right? But, but it, it, it then, later on, as you can see in further chapters, mm -hmm. set me up for failure as well. Yes, it did set you up for failure because mm -hmm. eventually you left Jamaica. Yeah. And you came to the States. And you were in Chicago. I'm going to tell you, when I got to that part of the book, Ooh. I was like, wow. Boy, I was a gangster, like, me no mean, me no mean baby gangster, me mean real gangster, yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, yeah. that your life took that turn yeah, yeah. because you said that your brother, Marlon, yeah. stepped in pretty much as yeah, the leader yeah, that you emulated. Yeah, yeah. And he tried to keep you out of this direction, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. he was in Jamaica with your yeah. father and you were up yeah, here with your yeah, mother yeah. and you were in Chicago. Yeah. So you, you get where? I, I get to, but here's one of the things that Marlon couldn't do so much. Marlon had actually started to elevate and grow in the military. Right. And he couldn't associate himself so much that if I got in trouble, right. that he would be linked because he has family. So he was like, yo, Pete, don't say nothing in my name. Right? So when I was doing things with interaction in Jamaica, everything was Noel Augustus Kennedy. I couldn't put Marlon Kennedy. And, and by interaction, we mean illegal interaction. Illegal interaction. We're talking gang stuff. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm sending this down. I'm doing it. My dad is doing all of this, picking up this. You get what I'm saying? Um, the, the only thing that kind of turned with my, my brother, so to speak, is we were looking to, you know, get a vehicle and, you know, just kind of helping with certain right. things there. Um, but other than that, everything was my dad. Everything. I mentioned I put $3,000 on my mother's little coffee yes. table and she'd take our crochet. She didn't even touch it. She took our crochet and cover it and said, Pete, come get your money. Yes. Working two jobs in the snow in Chicago. So when we talk about really dynamics and change, all this time, my parents, my brother, 
saw leadership. My dad saw it a little bit late. When mm-hmm. he said, I grew up and I become my own big man, I do my thing, and I still wanted a connection. But he was like, how do I break that emotional mm-hmm. barrier and say, son, come on in? Because part of, yeah, because part of what you're talking about here in When a Man Loves is, I, I was fortunate, by the way. Yeah. I had daddy supreme. Like, my daddy was just like, yeah. nobody to me like yeah. my daddy, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the best daddies that ever walked the face of the earth, yeah. bar none. Yeah. Yeah. All right? So I was fortunate, but I also knew people who weren't that fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And who my father, I knew, loved me. I never yeah. questioned it. It was never, it was yeah. never something that could cross my mind yeah. that my father did not love yeah. me. Yeah. But I knew so many people like you who, in retrospect, you realize your father loved you, but they never said it. Yeah. They never yeah. really showed it in a tangible mm-hmm. way. You had to kind mm-hmm. of assume it mm-hmm. or figure it out that, well, yeah. since there's a roof over my yeah. head, and he's providing food. He yeah. must love me. Yeah. Right? So all of this in your life, how did you end up turning that to this place where you became this man who understands what it is to love and who changed his life so much that you are now a coach, a life coach, yeah. leadership yeah. coach, yeah. and teaching yeah. men and young boys yeah. what it is to love and what that love can do? The aha moment came when I went home one day from lunch. This was the real aha moment. Everything else I was getting inclination. Went home for lunch. I worked um, just seven minutes from home. Mm -hmm. I was managing one of the biggest banks that's in the U.S. And And still running your drugs. Still running around. Still running your drugs. I was a deacon in the church, armor bearer. And still running. Still running around because I was programmed that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So get home. And when I get home, Judith, there's a U-Haul truck in my driveway. And, you know, didn't bother me because we lived in a neighborhood where man, my neighbors get along. The type mm-hmm. of person I am, I talk to everybody. So I figured it's one of my neighbors. Get to the front door and the front door is cracked open. So now the Jamaican kicking at me, I was going at my house. Mm-hmm. Went around the back. And when I get around the back, there's a sliding door that is transparent. You can see through it. And there's two guys moving up my bedroom set. But I've stolen in the past. I was once a thief. And I'm not so thief. Look when I'm a movie stuff. I'm a smile and a joke. And a, Yo, it, it, it seemed casual. So now I'm like, this is strange. I three, go in the house. Three minutes later, find out that my wife at the time is moving out without my knowledge. Moving out. When I say I drop, like, like, what? Moving out. And I literally saw myself like this. Mm. And if you think about it, if I were to get up and walk like this, I'm in balance. I can't function like this. Right. Get what I'm saying? And, and in that spectrum, I saw myself business-wise, I was growing. I was knocking heads in the business, making it happen, growing. Kind of, you know, using now the leadership right. piece, but only in the, at the professional level. Doing it. And personally, I was, I was dying. Mm-hmm. dying and, and I stopped literally said and this is why when I say people sing songs their art but when you can connect to it Michael Jackson says man in the mirror that's when I really saw literally when people say look in the mirror mm-hmm. and telling you like Judith I saw myself in a mirror like yo Pete this ain't gonna work you saw everything you saw everything. the gunshot that you everything. got you saw everything your whole gangster e- life everything and you saw what you could be so talk to me about the John Maxwell connection because the John Maxwell connection was a big part yeah, of yeah. who you now are yes, and how yes, you got to this yes, place of lifestyle yes. and leadership. We, uh, when we have to accept people in our lives. And I want to say, I'm going to call his name, big up to Bishop Paul Little. 
who mm -hmm. introduced John Maxwell to me, um, saw this thing in me as I was bouncing around, and you know, he says, hey, I, I want to develop you guys. Um, John, Max, John Maxwell is a Christian first um, right. pastor, so he was doing some work within the church and you know put out this book, um, Developing the Leader Within You with a mm -hmm. course, and you know the Church of God at the time said, hey, you know what, we're going to use this and try to help develop our, our ministers and leaders. He brought it to the church. It was only three of us that sat in that specific um, small session. And when I, when I tapped into it, I was like, yo, Bishop, this is it. Mm -hmm. He's like, what? I said, I want to become a motivational speaker. He's like, yo, really? Just talk to people? I said, yeah, man. I said, look, every time I talk or whatever. People listen. People listen. I said, it could be a joke, people listening. People listen. I could be telling people to get up and go take up trash, people listening. So the moment I grab that mic, people are listening. I want to mm -hmm. do this stuff. He's like, all right, cool. How do we kind of... And then... You know, we have to love people for the moment. I love him dear to death, but he was there for that season. Right. Right? Because then when John developed and I stepped out and I started doing digging more into John and, you know, things are kind of like, hold on, you're moving. Now, now this started to happen. Right. Yeah, the gap. Get what I'm saying? So now I started to learn and grasp on God. And I'm coming back with data. I'm coming back right. with facts. Yo, let's do this. Let's do that. It's proven. It's not Pete's idea. Here's facts based on a church who is successful. This is what they do. And so I'm like, all right. Yeah, I guess this is just for me, right? So I started to do that. I joined the John Maxwell team. And I'll tell people, if you want anything in life, and you know this too, Judith, you have to invest in yourself. And you that, that oh. means financially as oh. well. It ain't going to come free. And if you get it for free, that means it's not your you passion. You preach into the choir. Let me tell you, I go to literary festivals. I go to, there's so much that I do. Even my Antarctica mm -hmm. exhibit. You've yeah. been to the yeah. exhibit. Yeah. You can't believe. Yeah. You, I'm sure you yeah. can imagine what? how much money was invested into when that exhibit. When I looked exhibit. around the room, I'm like, all of these her pictures? Like, yeah. How did she how frame did she do them? This? Everything. Yes. Because with you little have notes to, too. You have to invest in yourself. Yes. Yes. And I tell authors, and I'm going to say this to the camera: if you are not willing to yes. invest. The two hundred and fifty dollars, mm -hmm. three hundred dollars mm -hmm. to go to the Harlem Book Fair yes. or to go yes. to the book, the Caricon or whatever it is, so that you can learn and you can grow and people yep. can find you. Yes. Then you're not investing in your. You only not have a craft that you don't believe in. None at all. And you have to. You have to do that. Yeah. So you invested yeah. in yourself, Always. and that's a big part of one of the things that you tell mm -hmm. people here mm -hmm. is that they have to invest in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I really love how the book is laid out because you have like these worksheets. Yes. In there, so yes. you can kind of stop and you know it. It's small, but it takes you a while to go through it because yeah. if you really want to do if it you, properly. You have to Here's one of the go things, through and do um, it. That I learned as a young Jamaican Christian man. The Bible says, speak and it shall manifest into life. Mm -hmm. But the part that we're missing in the entire story is that until you write it down. Yeah, you have to write it down. It will never really come to fruition. Manifestation, manifestation and coming to fruition is different, you know. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I can speak to say I want to live in the United States. And you can come to the United States, but what happens from there? You have to write it down, and you have to fill out an application. <laughs> you have to actually do something. You know what I'm saying? When you, you get here, you got to fill out a piece of paper something. and do all of these little things. But you and I can attest, the moment we write things down, the moment you start putting these things on paper, aligned with the vision and the image that has given you, it, it, it then starts to... It starts to fall into place. Just fall right into place. I, I, I'm going to jump 
mm-hmm. to your next level leadership and love because yeah. I want to actually say these. You know, limit your extended resources. You talk about, and you're talking to men now yes. and leading. Yes. Because you know what? Especially in today's world, it seems like us women, we're, we're very aggressive, you know. Mm-hmm. Women are mm-hmm. very aggressive. Mm-hmm. We go for what That's we want. That's because of how we've toxicized yeah. your yeah. experience. We, have had, to, we yeah. have had to be aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To break glass ceilings, mm-hmm. we've had to be mm-hmm. loud. We've had to yep. push. We've had yep. to hit. Fight. We've had to fight. Yes. And so now we aren't taking no for an answer yeah. anymore. Those I days agree. are done. Yeah. We're not agree. taking and you no. shouldn't. Right? You should but not. what it has done, I think, is to a lot of men, it has made them step back. Because they're not setting their standards. Right. And, yeah. and so all of what yeah. you have in this book, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think, is so vital. You yeah, know, yeah. limit your extended resources. Yeah. In other words, know how to use them. Yep. Lead yep. with love. Yes. You know, yeah. very, very Im- important that men learn to lead with love, not just not with bullyism. I used to say to people that respect for me has to be earned. Mm. I can respect your position mm. as mm. the pastor or yes. as the prime yeah, minister yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 but yeah. respecting your position doesn't yeah. mean I respect, respect you. Respect you. Come on. I agree. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you have to earn that. Yeah. And yeah. that. Seek therapy and coaching. Yes. I'm so glad that you talk about One that. One of the best decisions I've made in my life. Because a lot of men will not go anywhere near therapy. They feel that they know it. Most of my clients, the very first time I bring it up, here's what they respond. Nothing wrong with me. You know what? I actually had somebody <laughs> somebody say, a gentleman, and I do some life coaching, yeah. um, and I had a gentleman actually say that if him can't fix for your marriage, then... Nobody can fix it. And, that's what and at that wrong. point, I was like, okay, get your divorce. That, that's this is your point wrong. to get your that's divorce, when you feel that only you can fix it. Now, b- b- before you read on, when it comes to marriage, and I want to say this as well, is that when it comes to marriage, one of the things I learned in the dissolution of marriage therapy, I ran from the, th- the sheriff for three months when he was trying to serve me my divorce papers. He caught me in the trunk of the car taking out groceries, Jimmy. Right, and I realized I was holding on because you know we grew up in a divorce. Yeah, mm-hmm. Christian. Man, I had that conversation man, with man, somebody man, two days man, ago. Man, I'm a beer. Mm-hmm. How could I get divorced? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I learned that as a Jamaican young man and as a married young man, if I don't have people around me, which is the same business mindset mm-hmm. we're talking about, putting people around me, which is the same mindset. If I did not have mindset like-minded people as well as marriages I can see that work, it's very likely my marriage yes. will fail. You talk about getting an accountability partner, mm-hmm. um, developing strengths, yep. and leading with love, integrity, and honesty and trust. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, when a man loves. Yes. So before we wrap up, what's, what, where do we go from here with this? I, actually, before you answer me, I envision you in Jamaica, back in Armontown, back in Hannatown, in out in the communities, serving this up like a good meal. That's, that's the plan. I want to say thank you to Patricia. I already have somebody in Almontown working these books like crazy. They're selling like hot bread in Almontown. Every nice. opportunity I get, I send about 20 copies, which is already 10 or 15 copies already pre-ordered. I mean, right. they paid for it. Um, and I'm just giving back that to the community to say, hey, here's somebody that you can look at. And many times we just don't have that example. Mm-hmm. So for me, the next move is to take this book to the level where individuals as men, a mom, a brother, a sister, uh, a, a wife can say, hey, we can do this. 
And here's an example of how you can do it. And when we actually tie that back, one of the things that I truly want to do, um, Judith, is I'm 42 years old. And I haven't seen the entertainment industry in Jamaica have any major impact. And that's because we're scared of losing money or we're scared of what may happen. And we will not lose. We will gain more because then people will buy more notes and art and have the leadership to follow up. And here's what I'm saying. I would love to have a mastermind class. I'm working with Agent Sasquanit, who you know I brought here for the book launch. Can I tell you I'm a Sasko fan? Oh, I'm a Sasko fan too. I'm a Sasko fan. <laughs> Big up Sasko. So where do we go from here? Because I'm thinking workshop. Is there mm -hmm. a workshop that goes with this book that you are developing? Yes. Yes. So there is a workshop that's actually mm -hmm. in the works right now that specifically speaks to the book and those additional activities in the nice. back. Um, but I do have individual or personalized workshop seminars, one-on-one -on -one okay. coachings that if you reach out to me, because I might write something, but then as you understand, we're all created with uniqueness. Oh, yes. But you might need some guidance. I can help you based on your path to kind of get that going. And I have a couple of clients that are actually coming down the pike with this. Here's what's going to happen. Myself and a few others that I'm working with right now, we're going to be the John Maxwells of the Caribbean. Nice. I love we're it. We're going to be. People say to me right now, Pete, where, where have you been? And I say, I've been always here. It's just that I've been working underground getting this it's, together. It's, yeah. and now it's here. Because a lot of people are like, yo, where have you been? Where have you been? So that tells me that there, there is, is a, a hunger. Need and a need for something like this. And yes. I can, I, my husband and I, we are facilitators at Jamaica Youth for Christ. Mm -hmm. I think everybody in the world knows that by now. Um, and this is something that I would love yeah. to bring for Let's our men it. there. Let's you know, uh, because we work with a lot of inner city yeah. Yeah. kids. Yeah. And most of them aren't even kids anymore because our Youth for Christ, we have people up to mid-30s yeah. there, you yeah. know. But they're for people like me. Them is still youth. Um, me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but to be able to bring yeah. this kind of mm -hmm. information, this kind of leadership, this kind of thing where men can understand that the love is yeah. important. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not, you're not soft if you no. love. No. As a matter of fact, no. you're, you're tough you're, if you love. There you go. You're much tougher. You're not losing any man card. So the no. next thing I'm saying, this man card, macho thing we hold on to, guys, throw it away. Yeah, throw it away, man. Yeah. My father had one boy and by the time the dust settled with his second yeah. wife and everything it's it's, it's five girls in <laughs> <a> race <laughs> okay and it can't yeah. be easy yeah, yeah. can't be easy yeah. to raise five yeah. girls you know yeah and, and to hear one of the youngest uh you know and we all revered him, him so much we all revered daddy wow because my father would get up out of his bed you could go to the party you know but him picking you up him Good. dropping you That's off and him picking you up until you got to a certain age, and even at that age, nobody yeah. could come to the house to yeah. pick you up to go anywhere yeah. if you never know them. And I don't just mean know that, oh, that is Pete. I mean, no them parents. come to the house and know them parents, mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. where they live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He had a thing That's where he said, anybody do. going to kill off yeah. my children on the yeah. road in the night, yeah. it must be me. Yeah. It must be somebody else because yeah. then I'm going to have to kill off somebody yeah. else and yeah. end up in prison. Yeah. My father, I don't remember Love him. That. I don't remember him taking time off from work for sick. Yeah. He never bought clothes because everything was about his children. Yeah. And it was the kind of love that you talk about in yeah. here where yeah. he planned for us. Mm. You yeah. know, he would get up yeah. on a Sunday. You would know that you're going somewhere special because yeah. you would wake up to the smell of chicken yeah. Yeah. Uh, early in the yeah. morning, a rice yeah. and peas. So you yeah. know yep. 
piling yeah. us all in yeah. the car. Yeah. And so yeah. when I read this book and I read where you're coming from to where you are no, now with your man. lovely family. Yes. Yes. And how you interact with your lovely family. Man. And the fact that yes. you have decided to share all of that information with us mm -hmm. openly and honestly, I think is an absolutely wonderful yes. thing. We're wrapping up. Last words. Um, first, I'd like to say, continue the great work that you guys are doing. Definitely appreciate it and thank you for having me. But the last words I would want to say is, if there's anything that you can do in this world, is find out who you are. When you do that, the very thing, I was sharing with someone yesterday that I remember they used to show us these footprints and say, you know, this little thing say, follow the footprints mm -hmm. of Jesus. And I said, but what if Jesus wore a size seven and I wore a size nine? If my footprint goes over that, I just covered the whole of Jesus' footprints, right? And I was like, but is that what it truly means? No. Well, he was saying, I've given you an idea of what you should do to be successful, mm -hmm. create your own. And that is why we all have different fingerprints, right? And I shared earlier, this lady researched me yesterday and there was three Pete Kennedys, but there's one Pete A. Kennedy with these fingerprints. Mm -hmm. When you identify who you are, accept it, thrive it, loving it. And that is why people say, boy, you're crazy. It's cool, because this is gonna be crazy, Pete. I'm gonna die crazy, Pete. But you're gonna remember this, Pete. <laughs> See? Accept it, love it. Ladies and gentlemen, when a man loves a lifestyle and leadership most yes. men will never experience. Fantastic book, wonderful speaker. I've thoroughly enjoyed this and I hope yeah, you have too. too. I'll see you again next week, same place, same time, where we'll get a chance to see what else I have on my shelf, right here on Shelf Life. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. The video of this interview is available on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Visit my website at jfallonreed.com and you can download your copy of my free audiobook, Time and Seasons. And remember to subscribe to my other podcast, Exchanging Pain for Praise.